does it start right away? Yeah, it starts oh. right away. Sorry. Hello there. I'm so sorry. It's been a hot minute since we been recording. Yeah. Uh, uh, uh. If you don't get that reference, leave. Yeah. Get out. Go out the back door. Tell your friends. Ugh. But tell your friends first. Yeah, tell your friends first. They might get the reference and they can listen. Are we a couple beers in? Who knows? I'm on beer number That's four fine. and Amanda's only on number three. Whoa, I'm sorry. I've been telling my story here. I'm sorry. I've just been sitting here doing nothing but listening. So there's that. Ugh interject more often so I can take a drink more often. Dude, I try and then I go on tangents and you look into my soul and you're like, we're going to talk about this. I know, you do go on tangents for me and I just stare at I'm you. sorry. I'm so sorry. That's my bad. That's my bad. I'm a starer. I shouldn't interrupt. But I feel like that's what you're thinking in your brain. It is. Yeah. It is. We also had to do a uh, part two because one, Amanda's episode is very long, but yeah. second, I had to go get her a little space heater. I got her wrapped up. <laughs> Got a nice little afghan on. Yeah. Okay, my Aunt Rhonda made that. Yeah. Isn't it fucking warm? It is. There's something It's I really just, warm. Yeah, it's really nice. I need one of those little clippy doodles. <gasps> I have one. With clip, little clippity dippity. Yeah, I have I one. In the middle here. No, it's okay. Oh. Yeah. I'll also, do, if you I'll guys don't watch right Bluey, you need to watch it because right now Amanda looks like when they do the Grammys. <laughs> I don't know who's Rita and who's Janet. Who knows? But we are. Yeah. We're we Rita are. and Janet. We are. We are. Jarita. Jarita. We fully want to go back to our um, raw emo phase because yeah. both of our postpartum um, new growth hair is just swoopy bang. Straight yeah. Oh my gosh. Swoopy raw emo. Oh my gosh. I'm gonna Avril Lavigne my eyeliner so hard. Yes. So hard. At the Blake concert, and we need mm. to wear a shade of foundation darker. Maybe like two shades darker. Yeah, minimum. Or three. Yeah. I mean, not a we, single drop of concealer. No, gosh, no. Or um, bronzer, we're actually gonna put like brown under our eyes. Yeah. 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 Under the thick eyeliner, we also need to get those earrings that look like you took a hot glue gun and just dotted and pulled it back. Yeah. You know the one I'm talking about. Yep. The little spiky. Yeah. Spiky doodles. Yes. I also want to go to a um, hot topic. I mean, um, just in general, yes. Yeah. Yes. I want to get the shirt that has Michael Myers on it and it says just the tip. <laughs> <laughs> Did I tell you my mom got me a badge reel clip and it's knitted? It's knitted, like stitched. And it has a picture of a needle and it says just the tip, mm. I promise. <laughs> and I asked her, I'm like, Mom, do you know what this means? She's like, Yeah. I'm like, Okay. <laughs> yeah. You just put the tip of the needle in, right? Yeah. <laughs> and the amount of old women I've seen look at my badge real clip, and I'm like, it's fine. It's either this or the dumpster fire. So. Oh, yeah. And um, just the tip. Yeah. That's the one. Yeah. Yeah. He looks so cute. Oh, I just want to, like, wrap you. you up. <laughs> and I love that journey for you. <laughs> oh, my God. Devin. Uh, yeah. Oh. Oh. Holding the cheese. What does that even mean? Oh my god, where did you come from? It's a baby. <laughs> yeah, baby. A baby. Anyway. Oh no, I forgot to change it to the time. We don't know where we're at. Oh fuck, it's been 118. Yeah. Nothing. It's been, it's been 85 <laughs> years. 
There was room, Rose. <laughs> there was room for Jack, you greedy fucking bitch. Oh, God, she was dumb. My God. Ugh. This <sighs> won't be as bad as the Vikings episode, I promise. Also, if you guys... Look at I got, like, more than 10 pages left. It's fine. I got 13 pages left. <laughs> it's fine. Um, if you guys have made it this far, like, you're here for it. You know. Yeah. We are just hot messes with, like, every once in a while we have, like, a good message. Kind of like you 2 when they downloaded that whole album on everybody's phone. Fuck them. I, do you know how many times I tried to delete that? So many times. And it wouldn't delete? In the goddamn cloud. It's the cloud that keeps bringing it back. Where is the cloud even? Fuck. Where is it? Is it up in the sky? Don't I don't know. know. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. I feel like I have a couple, like, straggly, like, longer ones that yeah, are just, like, yeah. chilling. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Should we ask Ty if we can get feathers in our hair for the concert? <laughs> yes. She has them. She does? Yeah. You guys, if you if you haven't caught on yet, uh, we're going to the Blink One Eighty Two concert in Minnesota in May. Oh my god! Um, and we're definitely gonna transfer back, transform. Yeah. Into our cool older. We're like younger. basically like Power Rangers. Like it's morphine time. It's morphine time. Hell yeah! Mm-hmm. Well, we gotta get those studded belts. Oh my god! I think I I gotta ask my mom if I still have mine because I had like a glow in the dark Ghostbusters <gasps> belt buckle. Oh yes, I Batman. <gasps> you badass bitch. Hell yeah! Hell yeah! The first time I ever bought a pair of skinny jeans was to impress my high school boyfriend after Ooh. I listened to um, the Paramore oh, CD. Yeah, and I was driving my blue Malibu, and I got off on the wrong exit, and he, like, flipped a lid and got really pissed at me. Oh, my God. Yeah, he was such a dick. Fuck him. Yeah. He was, like, a super tall Indian, and he wore colored skinny jeans, which weren't his thing. Do you think wet seal still exists? Oh, my God. Because they had the best skinny jeans. They did. They came out with the jegging. Oh, I swear to God. And they they were the best for, like, five bucks. Yeah, they were phenomenal. Yeah. I could go for some of those. Oh my gosh. The things I wish we could go back to, like the bunny stickers. Bitch, I'm on four too. Are you just now? Mm. My God. Listen, you guys, mom, like, I've seen so many TikToks that are like, <laughs> if you see a mom in her 30s, you're close. In her 30s, wild and in the club is she checking the outlet to make sure her baby's breathing yes yeah but is she wanting to get down to some 50 cent hell yeah also yes we are the most feral yes women yes like we don't care if we have our makeup done no we all we want to do is listen to our songs yes yes because they calm us down oh also, side note, if you ever see me at a party and I ask for the aux cord, tell me no. Tell her no. Amanda can... Tell me no. Tell her no. You have to tell both of us no, because we both have Apple Music, and we will both take each other's phones, mm. and we will both do damage. Yes. Okay? And we will both play yellow card yes. and look at each other and point. Yes. I'll make a man out of you. Number one song. Uh, okay. We... Number two song. I'm yellow card number one. <laughs> yeah. For the first time in a long time, the clinic was um, slow. So, 
I cleaned my exam rooms, I cleaned my desk, got all the shit off my desktop, like actual work, and then we jammed to Disney, and oh. I'll Make a Man of You came on, and uh, my coworker Christina's like, I don't know this song, and I'm like, I swear to God to you, I swear to Man. God, to heaven, to Zeus, to Hades, to the devil, to Hecate. To Satan himself. If this song comes on, me and Amanda will find each other from across a fucking concert venue. We don't fucking care. Nope. Look each other dead in the eye and start with, let's get down to, to business to defeat the Huns. Huns. Yeah. Did they send me down? Like, I just, I can't. I yeah. can't. You'll hear as soon as that first note hits, you'll oh. hear a, yeah, kiss? Um, yeah. Yeah. Immediately. Which, sidebar, we also do that when we're, like, looking for each other in Target. Yeah. Yeah. Hobby Lobby, Walmart. Yeah. We've done it at all the places. We have. And those people yeah. that are like, Marco, Polo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, cute. Oh, cute. Have you combined your names? Okay, sweetheart. Cool. <laughs> Commanda. Yeah. Coming in hot. 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 And it's not hot H-O-T. It's H-A-W-T. Yars. What? Rawr. <laughs> Did you ever write it on your hand? Hell and, yeah. Like, do the picture like from super high up where you're like, mm. <laughs> I'm sad, but <laughs> I have a good life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And did you wear the um, mat, like the cream? Yeah, the dream mat? Yes. I was in Walmart the other day looking for some mascara because that's about all I wear anymore. Yeah. If I wear it. And yeah. it, I usually wear it once, and then it's been, like, 85 years, and it's outdated. Yeah. They still make that. So that's what we're getting for the concert. Oh, fuck yeah. And I cannot wait. Hell yeah. We need to have the line, the clear line of where oh. we stopped putting it on. And I used to do the thing where I would do, like, like a super shimmery in the corner and then green. Green oh, on the yes. bottom line. yes. And should we also um, wax our eyebrows to paper thin lines? I mean, <laughs> how long is it going to take for them to come back? Though mm. that's true. Let's do the things that the like the the drag queens do. Like we'll put we'll put oh. glue on them and yeah. then yeah, just Elmer's like, a nice yes. Elmer's glue. Yeah, yeah. We gotta go all out. I mean, duh. I mean, it's Blink One Eighty Two. Yeah, Vans yeah. obviously. I still wear my Vans though. I mean, so. do you think we'll be cool enough for the wheelies by then? Or the heelies? <gasps> Ooh. We got a lot of practicing to do. We got so much to do in May. You think we can master by May? I don't know. I think we can. Yeah. And I'm going to order some Malia Hollister. <gasps> Did you know what shoes we need? Wait. We need those big clunky ones that all Et the cool kids wore. The Etnies. 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 Have I ever told you about the ones I had? No. So they were badass. They were like black base. And then like on the sides, it was like different shades of blue checkered. <gasps> yeah. They weren't like just like the paint, plain basic white ones with the E. Yeah, oh, the fucking cool ones. Yeah. I always had the, I like the high top ones. Because <gasps> I couldn't keep 
the regular ones because you know you didn't tie them. You no. just tuck the laces and in. And especially when you're like trying to ride a skateboard. <laughs> exactly. And, we go and you just tuck laces in and it was uncomfortable all day because yeah. at that time you didn't know to like tie your laces and tuck them in. So you just tucked them into your shoe and yeah. they just floated under your foot and yeah. got real uncomfortable. Yeah, because you got to make sure that tongue's nice and fat and yeah. fluffy. Yeah. And then just, you know, when you're walking around, it's like... <laughs> Because yeah. it's hitting your... And so, then your, your uh, arches hurt. and Like, yeah. where are my fellow emo? Right? Come on, guys. And here's the shitty part. Like, I was like a closet emo in high school. Yeah. Because, like, you had Miranda. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. I didn't have anybody. Yeah. Which sucks. Because, like, the only other emo person was, like, a, a year ahead of me, and I didn't like her because I thought my high school boyfriend had a crush on her, mm. which was super stupid because she was super fucking cool, like, had this gorgeous long blonde hair, and, like, did the emo thing so well. I hated all the bitches who were more emo than me. Right? Like, if they had cooler emo hair than me, I hated them. Yeah. And like, I was I like, would, they're not real emo. Yeah. When in reality, I was not real emo. I, same. Like, I would do the hair, and then I'd show up to school with um, 15 tank tops and a Hollister top. Yeah. And scrunch hair. Yeah. Um, I would wear my Etnies with an American Eagle skirt and Hollister tops. Yeah. Layered Hollister tops. Like, we were, we were just, like, doing the thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. We uh, called ourselves emo. Yeah. Because one time we would wear something emo. And the sad music spoke to our soul. It did. It did. But did you also do the thing, like, I never admitted to anyone that I read Harry Potter. Like, I was a super nerd, but I never admitted it. Yes. It was Twilight. Yeah. If I admitted I read any book, it was fucking Twilight. Yeah. And then when people are like, oh, I'm just starting Twilight, I'm like, oh my god, you're such a poser. (laughs) Team Edward. Yeah. (laughs) When the movie came out, I was like, I Kidding, I was Jacob. Team Jacob all the Same. way. <laughs> Dude, I bought a Team Edward um, poster and it fell down on me in the middle of the night. I was like, well, Team Jacob. <laughs> team Jacob. Yeah. And now I'm just sweet baby angels, I swear. Um, now I'm Team Carlisle. <laughs> or no, I'm Team Daddy Carl. Oh, Daddy. Daddy. Bella's Daddy. Yes. The fuck is his name? I don't know. Like, we're team daddy. We're team daddy. And here's (laughs) the thing. Like, I used to think, like, Twilight was, like, ugh. Yeah. Ugh. (laughs) Hold on, spider spider monkey. Yeah. (laughs) Like, that was, say it. Oh, my God. Say what I am. Say it. You're, like, my own personal brand of heroin. I just watch you fucking sleep at night. Like, that is so fucking creepy. Oh, fuck. All right, that's real creepy, but I just read Haunting Adeline. Oh, it's on my fucking list. I'm also, if you guys have not read Zodiac Academy, Oof. like, my coworker knows the exact page in book five. You know what I'm talking about. No. I think it's like 432 or 338 or something like that. I don't have the book. I have a wait. It is just... Make sure your husband's or significant other or whatever you choose to do is home when you read that. And then, okay, wait for eight and nine to come out before you read seven. This bitch made me cry. I I cried (laughs) before our first episode because she spoiled. Which, okay, I told her to spoil it for me. I told her to because I love... 
I read the end of the book before I read any book. Like, on the Kindle... She's a crazy person. I flip to the last page, so it will spoil it for me. Because that's just who I fucking am. I can't do it. And I Google. Halfway through, if I have a theory, I Google it. I'm yeah. like, what did this person do? Yeah. I have to fucking know. So she spoiled it for me, because I wanted her to. And I cried. She cried. Tears. Yeah. Came out of my eyes. Yeah. When I tell you, I was at work, like... <sighs> Sobbing, and my coworkers asked me if I was okay. Like I was not. Mm. And now I have to wait until December for the ninth book, and I'm not okay. For the eighth book, is it eight? No, 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 no. Eight is already out. I feel like eight's out. Nine's coming out. Oh, okay. Seven is the one I struggled to get through because the yeah. copy I got is so weird. Like some of the chapters are upside down, and you gotta like flip flop. Hmm. It's dumb. I think it's just an Amazon error. Whatever. Mm. But you guys, Zodiac Academy. Oh, great. Let's get a pit ball team. Hell yeah. Mm. I've definitely been a pit ball cheerleader. Lance O'Ryan can uh, be my professor any day. I'm sorry, Darius and her crux. Oh. There's just something about him I can't. I, I mean, I'm in love with him. Oh. So much. It's, it's a straight obsession. Yeah, like I am obsessed. I see a picture with him and I'm like, Daddy. 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 Daddy, sorry. Daddy, sorry. Daddy? Daddy? <laughs> no, I'm going to call him Daddy straight up. Yeah. Daddy Darius. Oh, Daddy Darius. Daddy D. Daddy D. <laughs> Give me that D. All right. Well, we're uh, 17 minutes in, and I've got 17 pages to go. That's fine. That, that's appropriate. Yeah. Okay. Should we go. Did I do it? Gear up. Yeah. I guess. Close it around me because I'm still a little chilly. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I don't know how to tilt that up. It's fine. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm just chilly all the time. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we just got done with Nelson. His brother found out he was gay. Told his mom. They fought. He went. Joined the police academy in London. Didn't work out. Cause whatever. So now he lives in Kentish Town and is he is an executive officer for the city helping unskilled laborers find employment. Which he did really well at. Which he did really well at, yes. So, now it is November 1975. Nelson encountered a 20-year-old man named David Glatchen being threatened outside a pub by two other men. Nelson intervened in the altercation and took Galatchen to his room at 80 Tynemouth Road in Cricklewood, District of North London. I read all these names, too, beforehand, and they're just so weird. Uh, you, I, that I can't. You nailed it. Okay. So the two men spent the evening drinking and talking. Nelson learned that Glatchen had recently moved to London from Weston Supermare, Somerset, that he was gay, unemployed, and was residing in a hostel. Um, the following morning, both men agreed to just live together and be together. Hot dog. Yeah. Um, and in that time, they also decided that, fuck it, if we're going to live together and be together, we should move somewhere nice and big. Uh, yeah. Um, just a short amount of time to be like, let's do this forever. So, what the pair found a ground floor flat at 195 Melrose Avenue in 
cricket wood. I said crinkle wood earlier, but it is cricket wood. But I did write crinkle wood. What do you think about french fries? I copied and pasted it. Oh. So this is on Wikipedia. Yeah, damn it. You guys, donate $2 to Wikipedia a year. Yeah. I do. Do you? I, yeah, I do. I should. <laughs> I get a thing. Sometimes when I go on Wikipedia, it's like, hey, would you like to donate? And I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. it. Just take it. You can connect your Amazon to it. Oh, hot dog. Or like it doesn't, you don't have to connect it. It'll just mm -hmm. say pay through Amazon, take you there, $2, boom. Hell yeah. And I'm like, all right, sure. Fuck it. I use Wikipedia so much. Uh, an insane amount. Yeah. So, go donate $2. Or more. Whatever. I mean, do your thing. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, 195 Melrose Avenue. Remember that name? I was going to say Melrose sounds familiar. Mm hmm Okay. Yes. Uh, it was a really nice home. Uh, they even negotiated with a landlord to have exclusive access to the garden at the back of their property that they could, you know, access back there. Real nice. Uh, they were happy for a while and then not so much. Uh, within a year, they decided to split, and it sounds like it was, from what I read, it was a pretty amicable split. Um, Gallican stated, you know, that Nelson was never physically violent with him, but could sometimes be verbally abusive and just yelling at him and shit, but nothing, nothing crazy. Um, so after that, Nelson formed some brief relationships with several other young men, but none of them lasted more than a few weeks and none of the men expressed any intention of wanting to move with him or having like a permanent relationship with him. He later confessed to having developed an increased conviction that he was unfit to live with. And throughout 1978, he devoted an ever-increasing amount of his time, work, and most evenings he spent drinking and listening to music. Uh, must become really tedious because on December 30th of 1978, a 14-year-old Stephen Holmes encountered Nelson at the... Again, it says Crinklewood Arms. <laughs> is it cricket or is it crinkle? I don't know, man. Oh, here's a trigger warning. I did not go over any of this, so I did not censor any of this. It's just about to get crazy, y'all. That's why we kept this for part two. Everything gonna be wild. Okay. 14-year-old Stephen Holmes encountered Nelson in the Cricket Crinklewood Arms Pub where Holmes was unsuccessfully attempting to purchase alcohol. According to Nelson, he had been drinking heavily alone on the day he met Holmes before deciding in the evening that he must, at all costs, Leave his flat and seek company. It does say Crinklewood. Crinklewood. In okay. northern London. Okay. Crinklewood. Crinkle. Okay. Is it Crinkle or Crickle? They're in? Whatever. I'm just going to go with Crickle. Crickle is what it says. And I've been pronouncing it. Crickle. 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 Nelson invited Holmes to his house with the promise of the two drinking alcohol and listening to music. Again, 
again, kind of like Jeffrey Dahmer. Yeah. Come back to my place and we'll drink and I'll take pictures of you. So pictures, music, whatever. I mean, very similar. Yeah. Um, so Nelson believed Holmes to be 17 years old, still young. Um, and the two of them drank, listened to music all night long, and then they fell asleep. The following morning, Nelson awoke to find the sleeping Holmes beside him in his bed. In this subsequent written confession, in Nelson's written confession, he stated that he was afraid to wake him in case he left. After caressing the sleeping youth, Nelson decided Holmes was to stay with me over the new year, whether he wanted to or not. Reaching for a necktie, Nelson straddled Holmes as he strangled him to unconsciousness before drowning the teenager in a bucket filled with water. Nelson then washed the body in the bathtub before placing Holmes on his bed and caressing his body. He twice masturbated over the body before awaiting the passing of rigor mortis to enable him to stow the body beneath the floorboards. Holmes' bound, Holmes's bound corpse remained beneath the floorboards for almost eight months before Nelson Ugh. built a bonfire in the garden behind his flat and burned the body on August 11th, 1979. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> we're getting to the crazy shit. You guys, this is... We're getting to the crazy shit, and this is page five of 17. Mm. Hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> so... Nelson stated, quote, I eased him into his new bed beneath the floorboards. A week later, I wondered whether his body had changed at all or had started to decompose. I disinterred him and pulled the dirt-stained youth up out of the floor, up onto the floor. His skin was very dirty. I stripped myself naked and carried him into the bathroom and washed the body. There was practically no discoloration, and his skin was pale white. His limbs were more relaxed than when I had put him down there. Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. Nilsa's written recollections of the ritual, he, that, that was his written recollection, whatever. Reflecting on his killing spree in 1983, Nelson stated that having killed Holmes, I caused dreams which caused death. This is my crime adding that he had started down the avenue of death and possession of new kind of flatmate, of a new kind of flatmate. So, on October 11th, 1975, Nelson attempted to murder a student from Hong Kong named Andrew Ho, whom he had met at St. Martin's Lane Pub and lured him to his flat on the promise of sex. Nelson attempted to strangle Ho, who managed to flee from his flat and reported the incident to police. Nelson was questioned in relation to the incident, but Ho decided not to press charges. Y'all, always press charges. Always. Because if something like that happens, they're probably a psychopath. Always press charges. 10 out of 10. Yep. Two months after the attempted murder of Ho, on December 3rd, 79, Nelson encountered a 23-year-old Canadian student named Kenneth Auchenden, who had been on a tour of England visiting relatives. Nelson encountered 
Ockenden, Ockenden, as they both drank in a Weston pub. Upon learning the young man was a tourist, Nelson offered to show Ockenden several London landmarks, an offer which Ockenden accepted. Nelson then invited the student to his house on the promise of a meal and further drinks. The pair stopped at an off-license on route at, at an off-license. I don't know what the fuck that is. Whatever. On their way to Nelson's residence and purchase whiskey, rum, and beer. Off-license. Must be a liquor place. <laughs> it is. 100%. Yeah. Um, Nelson was adamant he could not recall the precise moment he strangled Ockenden, but recalled that he strangled the man with a cord of his of his headphones as Ockenden listened to music. He also recalled dragging Ockenden across his floor with the wire wrapped around his neck as he strangled him before pouring himself a half a glass of rum and continuing to listen to music on the headphones which were still strangling Ockenden. Okay. Yep. What the fuck? Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just get words from here. Okay. Mm -hmm. Settle in, guys. <laughs> the following day, Nelson purchased a Polaroid camera and photographed Ockenden's body in various suggestive positions. He then laid Ockenden's corpse spread eagle above him on his bed as he watched TV for several hours before wrapping the body in plastic bags and stowing the corpse beneath the floorboards. On approximately four occasions over in the following fortnight, which is 14 days. I did not know that. <laughs> yep. Nelson disinterred Ockington's body from beneath his floorboards and seated the potty, body, potty. <laughs> <laughs> Call it a dummy. A dunny. Seated the bunny. Dunny. Dunny, dunny. <laughs> dunny. Upon his armchair alongside him as he himself watched TV and drank alcohol. Nelson killed his third victim, 16-year-old Martin Duffy, on May 17, 1980. Duffy was a catering student from Birkenhead, Merseyside. Mercy. Merseyside, yeah. Who had hitchhiked to London without his parents' knowledge on 13th of May after being questioned by the British Transport Police for evading his train fare. For four days, Duffy had slept... Rough near Euston. 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 Railway station before Nelson encountered the youth as he returned from a union conference in Southport. Duffy, Nelson recollected, was both exhausted and hungry and happily accepted Nelson's offer of a meal and a bed for the evening. After the youth had fallen asleep in Nelson's bed, Nelson fashioned a ligature around his neck then simultaneously sat on Duffy's chest and tightened the ligature with a great force. Quote, great force. Nelson held his grip until Duffy became unconscious. He then dragged the youth into his kitchen and drowned him in the sink before bathing with the body, which he recollected as being the youngest looking I had ever seen. Oh my god. Yeah. Fucking trash person. Yeah. Duffy's body was first placed upon the kitchen chair, then upon the bed on which he had been strangled. The body was repeatedly kissed, 
complimented and caressed by Nelson, both before and after he touched himself while sitting upon the stomach of the corpse. For two days, Duffy's body was stowed in the cupboard. I don't know where the cupboard is. Before Nelson noted signs of bloating, therefore he went straight under the floorboards. That was a quote. Straight <laughs> he went straight under the floorboards. Enough of this. Yes. You're getting fat under the floorboards. We're not making light of murder. <laughs> we are not. No. You have to make light of terrible circumstances. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, following Duffy's murder, Nelson began to kill with increasing frequency. Before the end of 1980, he killed a further five victims and attempted to murder one other. Only one of those victims whom Nelson murdered, 26-year-old William Sutherland, has ever been identified. Nelson's recollections of the unidentified victims were vague. Um, But he graphically recalled how each one had been murdered and... Just how long the body had been retained before dissection. Couldn't remember the name, but can remember all that. He dissected them himself? Yep. <clears throat> what the fuck? Mm-hmm. One unidentified victim killed in November had moved his legs in a cycling motion as he was strangled. Nelson is known to have absented himself from work between the 11th and 18th of November due to this particular murder. Okay. Um, another unidentified victim Nelson had unsuccessfully attempted to resuscitate before sinking to his knees and sobbing, then spitting on his own image as he looked at himself in a mirror. On another occasion, he had lain in the bed alongside the body of an unidentified victim as he listened to a classical theme fanfare from The Common Man before bursting into tears. Inevitably, the accumulating bodies beneath Nelson's floorboards attracted insects and created a foul odor, particularly throughout the summer months. Uh, yeah. Yeah. On occasions when Nelson disinterred victims from beneath the floorboards, he noted that the bodies were covered in pupae and infested with maggots. Some victims' heads had maggots crawling out of the eye sockets and mouths. Oh my god. He placed deodorants beneath the floorboards and sprayed insecticide around the flat twice daily, but the odor of decay and presence in flies still remained. No shit. Yeah. Um, in... Late 1980, Nelson removed and dissected the bodies of each victim killed since December 79 and burned them upon a communal bonfire he had constructed on waste ground behind his flat. Well, didn't, because him and his, at the time, him and his significant other had requested that the garden be just theirs, right? Mm-hmm. So it was the perfect disposal. You? Yep, yep, yep. Um, to disguise the smell of burning flesh of the six dissected bodies placed upon the pyre, Nelson crowned the bonfire with an old car tire. Three neighborhood children stood to watch this particular bonfire, and Nelson later wrote in his memoirs that he felt it would have seemed in order 
if he had seen these three children dancing around the mass funeral fire. So like a cult mm-hmm. shit. It also reminds me of Candyman, like the very last scene of that when she's like oh. trying to climb out of the garbage. Mm-hmm. And yeah, yeah, wow. Um, yeah. Yeah. Throw some sage in that shit. Yep. I mean... Uh, when the bonfire had been reduced to ashes and cinders, Nelson used a rake to search the debris for recognizable bones. Noting a skull was still intact, he smashed it to pieces with the rake. Jesus Christ. Quote, I could only relate to a dead image of a person I could love. The image of my dead grandfather would be a model of him at his most striking in my mind. It seems necessary for them to have been dead in order that I could express those feelings which were the feelings I held sacred for my grandfather. The it, grandfather that died of a heart attack in the boat. Yeah. Okay. It was a pseudo-sexual, infantile love, which had not yet developed and matured. The sight of them, my victims, brought me a bitter sweetness and a temporary peace and fulfillment. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to do a part three, by the way. Yeah, I have to pee. Yes, yeah, so. Okay. Um, are we, or, I mean, where are we at a good stopping point? We're close. I got one more page, and then he moves. Okay. So, we'll stop there then. Yeah. Okay. Um, on about January 4th of 81, Nelson encountered an unidentified ma- man who he described for investigators as an 18-year-old blue, blue-eyed young Scott at the Golden Lion Pub in Soho. He was lured to Melrose Avenue upon the promise of partaking in a drinking contest. <laughs> I mean, at 18, I, you could yeah. probably lure me with a drinking contest. <laughs> you got some 303 and some tippy cup. I'm you the, got uh, some UV blue, I'll be there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Mount, UV blue and Mountain Dew. Oh, fuck. <sighs> After Nelson and his victims had consumed several, and his victim had consumed several beverages, Nelson strangled him with a tie and subsequently placed the body beneath the floorboards. Nelson is known... Yeah. It just reminds me of Edgar Allan Poe in the heartbeat. Yes, in yeah, the heartbeat. Okay. In the heartbeat. Bel- okay. Yes, that is... That's the first thing I thought of when I read the first burger and I'm yes. like, beneath the floorboards. The, mm-hmm. the first time you read that, I was like, Edgar Allan Poe? Yep. Okay. Yep. Same wavelength. It's fine. Yep. Uh, Nilsson is known to have informed his employers he was ill and unable to attend work on January 12th in order that he could dissect both this victim and another identified victim he had killed approximately one month earlier. By April, Nilsson had killed two further unidentified victims, one of whom he described as an English skinhead who he had met in... Leicester Square. <laughs> the other he described as Belfast Boy, a man in his early 20s, approximately 5 feet 9 inches in height, who he had murdered sometime in February. In relation to the first of these three unidentified victims, he later casually reflected, quote, end of the day, end of the drink, end of the person, floorboards back, carpet replaced, and back to work at Denmark Street, quote. So I had to look up skinhead. Yeah. Okay. 
A skinhead is a member of a subculture which originated among working class youths in London, England in the 1960s and soon spread to other parts of the United Kingdom with the second working class skinhead movement emerging worldwide in the 1970s. Mm. I was just trying to see if they, um, okay, so, um, are they are identified by their close cropped or shaven heads and working class clothing such as Dr. Doc Martens and steel-toed working boots, braces, high-rise and varying length straight leg jeans and button-down collar shirts, usually slim-fitting in check or plain. The movement reached its peak at the end of the 1960s, experienced a revival in the 1980s, and since then has endured in multiple contexts worldwide. Hmm. Sorry, that just, I was like skinhead, but... Yeah, I don't know what the okay. fuck that was either. I was expecting I you to take a person. drink when I was saying that, but oh, you fuck. didn't. I didn't, because I was busy looking at you, listening. Don't watch my lips. They're terrible. La, 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 la. There's a pickle in my beer. <laughs> pickle, pickle, pickle. All right. <clears throat> the following month, Nielsen removed the internal organs of several victims stowed beneath his floorboards. He discarded these innards both upon the waste ground behind his flat and in his household rubbish. rubbish trash can. The final victim to be murdered at Melrose Avenue was 23-year-old Malcolm Barlow, whom Nilsson discovered slumped against the wall outside his home on September 17, 1981. When Nilsson inquired as to Barlow's welfare, he was informed the medication Barlow was prescribed for his epilepsy had caused his legs to weaken. Nelson suggested that Barlow should be in a hospital and supporting him, walked him into his residence before phoning for an ambulance. The following day, Barlow was released from the hospital and returned to Nelson's home, apparently to thank him. He was invited in and, after eating a meal, began drinking rum and coke before falling asleep on the sofa. Love me a good rum and coke. And coke. Mm-hmm. Mm, Captain Coke. <laughs> Nelson manually strangled Barlow as he oh. slept before stowing his body beneath his kitchen sink the following morning. Not floorboards, kitchen sink. In mid-1981, Nelson's landlord decided to renovate 195 Melrose Avenue and asked Nelson to vacate the property. Nelson was initially resistant to the proposal, but accepted a monetary offer from the landlord to vacate. He moved into an attic flat at 23D Cranley Gardens in the Muswell Hill District of North London on October 5th, 1981. The day before he vacated the property, Nelson burned the dissected bodies of the last five victims he had killed at the address. Upon the third and final bonfire he constructed in the garden behind his flat. Again, Nelson ensured the bonfire was crowned with an old car tire to disguise the smell of burning flesh. Shit. Yeah. And that's where we're gonna stop for this one? Yep. Damn. More to fucking come. Like, I just. Whew. Yeah, it just that's gets a lot. Right away. Like, he was like doing the police thing mm-hmm. and like being a good person and then all of a sudden he's like murder 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 yeah 
Wow. Murder under so floorboard, was... murder under floorboard, murder under floorboard. And dissecting him, too. Like, the first victim, he was like, put you under the floorboard, cuddle you, dissect you. And it's weird to me that he, like, took that one body out of the floorboard to wash it. Yeah. Like, he had a weird thing about them being, pres- like, presentable for him. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Because then he took the one, he put it in the, the chair next to him to yeah. watch TV with him. Yeah. Like, I just, that's so weird to me. Uh-huh. And I, I, I mean, I totally get, like, a decaying body. Like, why is my yeah. apartment smelling? Like, he used incesticides. And deodorant. Twice a day. Yeah. Like, dude. That ain't gonna work. No. For an entire decomposing no. body? And where did you live? The floorboards came up that easily. Yeah. Like, to hide an entire fucking body. Yeah. Wowzers. Yeah. I just, yeah, I can't. Okay. Yeah. Until next time. Keep Keep it it creepy, bitches. bitches.